Welcome to the Legal Pad Podcast, presented by Brashears Miller. The Legal Pad Podcast is dedicated to educating people and business through legal planning, strategy, and optimization. Join Brian Brashears and Sean Miller as they discuss various legal issues and matters in today's legal and business climate. In today's episode, Brian's going to show us how an attorney can help you start your small business. Hello, and welcome to the Legal Pad Podcast. My name is Brian Brashears, and I'm the managing member of Brashears Miller's Austin office. This is episode two, and today we're going to talk about starting a business with an attorney. In this episode, we're going to cover a couple of things. We're going to start off talking about the informal or the entities that don't really require or or necessitate any sort of formal process uh, necessarily, and then we'll start rolling into the more formal entities that are available. Again, most of these entities are available across all the jurisdictions in the United States. Right now, we're just going to focus primarily in the context of Texas, but I'm sure these entities are going to be available, again, across the United States. However, depending on your location, I would highly recommend discussing these opportunities with an attorney before you go ahead and start looking things up on Google and start filing paperwork with your respective states and incurring some fees and maybe just try to avoid some unnecessary steps to begin with. So first, sole proprietorships. A lot of people may not know this, but at some point in their life, they might have been a sole proprietor or owned a sole proprietorship. Basically, this is akin to an individual operating or engaging in business activity. And there's, there's nothing really specific on what the individual needs to do for their business. They just need to be engaged in lawful business activity. And I stress lawful because a lot of professions require a license from their state or some sort of agency in order to participate or engage in a, that specific business venture. Licensing can range across many different fields and many different professions, and some states have reciprocity with other states, so if you're good in one state, you might be good in the other. Still, the fact remains, uh, if you, you just need to have the proper license to have a lawful business within your state, and not having the proper licensure is a whole mess of legal issues if you do that. Um, so generally speaking, a sole proprietorship is simply just an individual engaging in business activity, period. It really doesn't matter if you're selling lemonade, mowing lawns, Again, it's just as long as the business is lawful, you can operate pretty much by yourself without any required state filings or any sort of other steps to submit any sort of paperwork. Just get your business idea, get to business, get to going. There are some setbacks with sole proprietorships. One, there are no tax benefits. There's no tax shelter. There's no tax incentives at the federal or state level. You receive the income uh, from your business activity and you report that income as your own personal income. There's, that's about it. And as far as liability, it's the same thing. If you hurt someone uh, with your lawn mowing business or someone gets sick from the lemonade that you sell, then that's on you, this, the business owner. It's, um, it's pretty cut and dry, pretty simple. And while sole proprietorships are efficient, they're really not designed for long-term success. Next, general partnerships. General partnerships are similar to sole proprietorships in that they don't require a state or federal filing, and they also don't require any sort of fee with their formation. It, all it, it involves are two individuals who agree to engage in business activity with the intent to pursue a profit or business purposes. It doesn't matter if they intend to be partners, or they're, and there also doesn't need to be a, a written agreement, as long as these people agree to pursue business activity. And that can be problematic because an individual in, in within a general partnership can incur debt 
or cause some liability or injure someone in this business activity as well. And the person who agreed to be with them in this business pursuit, also known as their partner, would also be liable for any sort of tort or harm or debts incurred on behalf of the general partnership um, generally. So general partnerships are similar to sole proprietorships in that they're efficient, they're easy to get started, and they're also easy to terminate because you don't have to notify any state agency that you decided to stop doing business. So in terms of efficiency, they're great. In terms of tax incentive, there really aren't any. In, in terms of liability protection, again, there's really not any. Um, that brings us to another informal business formation. And that's going to be a joint venture. And a joint venture is very similar to a general partnership. However, there is a writing and it states one specific thing. And that's how losses are divided among the partners. And that's about it. Um, these joint ventures, they don't really provide a whole lot more guidance outside of how profits or losses are distributed among the partners, which is quite problematic because once you start engaging with multiple people in a certain business, you want to have some sort of succession plan or some sort of guidance when things go bad, as well as when things get good. It's easy to overlook these minor steps when you're first getting started, but as soon as possible, and definitely when possible, have a formal written agreement set in place before you start bringing in clients or selling a product or performing a service so there's a clear understanding of what's expected and there are no unpleasant surprises with your business activity. And that wraps up the informal and less formal business selections so next, we're going to roll into the formal entities. And for these, it's really sensitive based on your own personal business goals and objectives. I highly recommend speaking with an attorney in these scenarios because based on the specific business needs of the business, it's going to really going to determine which entity is going to be best. With that being said, there are in many scenarios that the we'll, – we'll get to it in a second. There's, going to, there's a very popular entity that um, fits well in most – situations, but that entity works well up until it doesn't. And it really would underserve a lot of scenarios that would have special needs or want to deviate from the otherwise restraints of this one specific, uh, from this one specific entity. I mean, it is great. I'm a big fan of it. However, if you want to do something more, it's definitely not the formation that you want. And this entity is going to be a limited liability company which is often contrasted with a limited liability partnership. Limited liability companies and limited liability partnerships are very similar in how they operate. However, they're very different in terms of their tax treatment. And this would be something I would recommend discussing with an attorney. Depending on the size and the scope and the operations of your business, one might be obviously preferred than the other. However, this is a case-by-case -case basis, and it's hard to speak in general terms for your specific needs. Again, I highly recommend speaking with an attorney because this is what we do. We listen to our clients, get a gathering of their needs and their objectives, and then put together a strategy that works with them to best serve those needs and objectives. Next, we have PLLCs or PLLPs, and these are professional limited liability companies or professional limited liability partnerships. And I stress professional because at least under Texas, these are limited to professionals who receive a license or are licensed under state law. This will include your attorneys, your accountants, your veterinarians, your dentists, any sort of physician. It really just helps protect those specific professions and their business goals and objectives. So next, we're going to talk about limited partnerships. A limited partnership involves two classes of partners. First, you have your general partner, and next, you have your limited partner. 
for general partners, these are the people who often just manage or operate the actual business activity. And the limited partners, these are the individuals who benefit or profit from the business activity conducted by the general partners. In most cases, this won't be the best fit for many businesses simply because you have a core group of people who are ma really managing and operating and collecting funds for, um, for the benefit of others. And this entity selection is often chosen by startups as well as hedge funds, just given the general nature of people who are putting in the work and the people who helped fund the work or whose money is being managed. So while limited partnerships aren't perfect for everyone, it's good to know that they at least exist. In the case for hedge funds or a startup, it's good to know that there are entities out there that may be better suited for you as opposed to just a generic LLC. And lastly, we're going to talk about LLLPs, and this stands for Limited Liability, Limited Partnership. And it's composed of an LP, which shields the limited partners, and an LLP, which shields general partners. So together, they create an LLLP. And LLLPs are relatively new, and they're really only available in 10 jurisdictions, including Arkansas, Arizona, Colorado, Delaware, Florida, Maryland, Nevada, Kentucky, and Texas. And I list these states specifically in, in case you are interested in pursuing a filing for a limited liability partnership. These are the jurisdictions you'd want to check out if that sounds like something that might benefit you. And when it comes to any of these formations, a limited liability partnership, a limited liability company, limited partnership, a professional limited liability company or a professional limited liability partnership, or an LLLP, you're more than likely to, again, depending on your jurisdiction, simply put together the filing certificate with the state where you want to file, pay the filing fee, and that's pretty much it. Again, this is gonna depend on the scope and the size and goals of your business. So if you're operating in multiple states, there might be multiple filings that may be required. There might be multiple state taxes that you need to pay for, the, for that business. But again, this is all case by case basis depending on the business activity and the states that are gonna be involved. That's going to wrap up episode two of the Legal Pad podcast, starting a business with an attorney. Tune in next week and catch Sean Miller as he discusses alternative dispute resolution. The Legal Pad podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not offer legal advice and does not take the place of consultation with an attorney or other professional with appropriate expertise and experience. Quotation from cases, pleadings, discovery, and other sources are for illustrative purposes only and are not suitable for use in litigation in any particular case. The Legal Pad podcast and its affiliates disclaim any liability or responsibility for loss or damage resulting from the use of the content of its episodes or the information, ideas, or opinions presented. Thank you.